This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Eliza Harvey. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 12th of January. In your Squiz today, extreme weather hits both sides of the country, questions raised about Djokovic's travel form into Australia, government holds talks over supply shortages, and scientists use an animal organ for a life-saving transplant. This is your Squiz today. Australia is being rocked by extreme weather on both sides of the country. In WA and Queensland, residents and holidaymakers are having their summers radically altered by bushfires and floods. So let's start first in Queensland's North Clare, where ex-tropical cyclone Tiffany has intensified overnight back into a Category 2 cyclone. Yeah, so that is affecting the Cape York Peninsula area. Uh, What has happened is that it's come across that part of Queensland It's heading into Cape York, intensifying and turning back into a cyclone and then heading towards that other coast uh, as you move west and over to the Northern Territory. So there'll be lots of eyes on destructive winds and more rain up that way. When you look further south in the Wide Bay Burnett region, which had incredible rainfalls on Friday and into Saturday. They are continuing to deal with those flood waters. There was news yesterday that the body of a farmer who was in his 50s was recovered. He had been trying to rescue cattle uh, and was taken by flood waters. And also police are considering scaling down that search for a missing teenager who was swept away from a car on Friday night. And yesterday, Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk toured the underwater town of Maryborough and announced that the former governor, Paul de Jersey, will lead the task force overseeing that huge clean-up operation. And across the country in Western Australia, in the region's southwest, a fire is burning in the Margaret River area, affecting people in the popular resort and winery town of Eagle Bay. Yeah, Bunker Bay is another one that's affected there. They both sit on a very long peninsula that's only accessible by one road. That road has been cut off by the fires. So there's been assisted convoys to help those who want to leave uh, with those firefighters, helping them get out and get people to safety. Uh, Officials say that it's a very serious situation there. It's a fire that started a couple of days ago. There are firefighters on the ground. They've been fighting it overnight and what they say is that it's really a bit too early to tell what damage has been inflicted. Yeah and about 150 firefighters are battling the blaze and aerial support has been sent in to assist the crews but once the area has been made safe the local fire incident controller Blake Moore says they'll conduct a full assessment. Immigration Minister Alex Hawke is still considering whether to cancel Novak Djokovic's visa and that comes after the tennis champ won his appeal against deportation in court earlier this week. And now, Claire, attention has turned to a potential error on Djokovic's border entry form. Yep, so of course people are very closely going over all the documentation that comes with that legal case and Djokovic's claim to be able to come into the country and what was uncovered yesterday 
is that on his Australian border entry form, you know, the little card that you get, one of the questions that's asked is where you've been in the last couple of weeks. Djokovic said that he hadn't been anywhere, but if you get into his social media, you'll be able to see that it shows that he was at home in Serbia at Christmas, and then he was in Spain on the 4th of January before arriving into Melbourne on the 5th of January. And of course, Border Force rules say that if you provide false or misleading information on your documentation, then that's an issue and it could see your visa cancelled. So it's still a live thing. Yes, it certainly is. And Djokovic's lawyers haven't given his version of events yet. This will certainly be one to watch as the day unfolds. If you go into your local supermarket, as I did yesterday, Claire, you'll see many of the shelves are still bare, and now the government is considering a further loosening of isolation rules for workers in critical industries. Yep. No toilet paper around my neck of the woods, which is very soon going to become a problem. But it's not just toilet paper. It's also fresh fruit and veg, uh, meat, all sorts of other gaps as you go around the supermarket. And what the federal government wants to do is to have more workers uh, back at work, including close contacts and those who can have a negative rapid test uh, and come back onto the tools. What happened last night is that the Morrison government has spoken to industry leaders, including those at ports and airports and in the farming sector. And there's reports that they're looking at a plan for others uh, to come back to work, whether that's in childcare or education. The big issue, of course, is the lack of rapid antigen tests. And the hope is that state and territory leaders sign up to national rules governing critical industry workers and, of course, more discussion about those rapid tests when they meet for National Cabinet tomorrow. If you needed more evidence that science is truly remarkable, and at this stage of the global lurgy, I think we're all really across that. But nonetheless, doctors have transplanted a pig's heart into a very sick man in America, desperately in need of a new organ. Hugely experimental surgery is how it's been described. Uh, That's taken place in Maryland, and it's too soon to know whether it's worked. The patient was a 57-year-old handyman named David Bennett. Uh, He said that it was really do or die for him. He didn't really want to have it. It was his last chance, he says, and he says that he knows that it's a shot in the dark. But how it's going to work is that that pig heart has been inserted into his chest like a normal organ transplant would. He has a greater opportunity of that working than others who have had animal transplants in the past, and that's because the heart has come from a genetically modified animal. Wow, it's incredible, isn't it? And the group response for managing transplant lists in America says it's a watershed event, but many others aren't counting it as successful quite yet. Some listeners might remember the controversy around who owns the naming rights for Monica Honey. New Zealand producers wanted to trademark that term, but that was rejected. And now there's a similar debate raging around Gruyere cheese. Not a big Gruyere cheese fan. It's a bit underwhelming oh, really? for me. Oh, I love Gruyere. It's just a bit mild and look, it melts okay, I guess, but I'm not <laughs> like that whelmed by it, I have to say. Oh, I see. So, well, this is this is changing a lot of views I had about you, Claire. <laughs> so 
So I'm not quite sure why the Swiss and the French are really that concerned about making sure that it's theirs. But anyway, uh, a federal judge in the United States has said that it's become such a thing that it's not really specific to that Gruyere region in Switzerland. Uh, what those Swiss and French cheesemakers wanted was uh, recognition that it has to come from that region for it to be called Gruyere. Uh, but America says, no, nah, it's just too generic these days, and I have to agree. <laughs> well, look, the judge actually said that decades of importation, production and the sale of cheese labelled Gruyere, which was produced outside the region, has eroded the meaning of the term. Squeeze the day, Claire. What's on your radar? On my radar today, it is the anniversary of Haiti's earthquake back in 2010 that, of course, killed more than 200,000 people. Uh, Haiti, of course, is a place that we've been talking about quite a bit in the last six months. That's right. That's because of the assassination of its president, Jovenel Moïse, uh, an ongoing strife there for that country. For me today, Claire, the ABS will release its jobs vacancy data. That's been another big ongoing story with our closed borders, lots of pinch points in many industries. So that data will give us another insight into how we're tracking as a country as we enter the third year gulp of the pandemic. And how good is the ABS? They do great stuff. I do love a good data release, I must say. Uh, and that's nearly all from us today. But just quickly, a bit of news from the Squiz Kids Camp. Last year, we launched a subscription offer on Apple Podcasts for the parents of Australia. It's $6.99 a month for access to weekly quizzes and shortcuts for kids. Of course, the daily Squiz Kids podcast will always remain free. But if you're looking for some extra material for the school holidays, the most recent episodes include the world's toughest animals, girl power, Australia in Antarctica, Antarctica, and there's some great kids versus adults quizzes. And speaking of Squiz Kids, Claire, we've got a new addition to the team. <laughs> we do. Kate has had her baby. Yay. Uh, we've got little Annie Watson has hit the ground and everything's really good. So we're really thrilled for them. And I must say, I have already had a little sighting, a little viewing of Annie. I did want to wake her up. She's an absolutely gorgeous little baby. So congratulations to Kate and Sam. Thanks for your company today. We'll be back tomorrow. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. As one of Australia's largest profit for member super funds, they have a range of helpful tools, like their My Retirement Planner, which allows you to see how much you'll need for retirement and provides an easy to understand plan of how to get there. And better still, it's free for all. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au.